I'm Banning Air, and you're listening to Season 7 of the Afropop Close-Up Podcast, where we go beyond the music into politics, religion, history, and culture. In this episode, we return to the San Francisco Bay Area, which, as regular listeners know, has a long history with African music. Jessica Carissa is a Ugandan-American freelance writer who moved to the Bay Area early in 2022 and discovered that a whole new chapter in that history is now being written in DJ clubs and dance halls. Here's Jessica with Afrobeats in the Bay. I'm from the East Coast, and before I moved out here to the Bay, if you had asked me what I knew about the Bay Area... I'd probably say something about hippies, hills, or hyphy, and of course, Silicon Valley. But I never thought of African music. Not until I heard this. That's Fireboy DML's inescapable hit, Peru a quintessential example of the type of Afropop that's having a major moment right now in global pop and especially American pop music. Fireboy's song got a major hip-hop cosign with a remix from 21 Savage and Blast. And another huge global pop cosign from none other than Ed Sheeran. I'm again, I'll be so... Make me wanna just take you home. When I moved to the Bay Area in February of 2022, I couldn't get that line about San Francisco out of my head. Turns out, Fireboy DML, who has a distribution deal with the San Francisco-based indie label and distributor Empire, actually recorded the song in San Francisco. It also turned out that lots of folks are jamming to African music in nightclubs and venues all across the Bay Area. In the few short months I've been here, some of the most exciting stars of Afropop, including Fireboy, Oxlade, DJ Maforiza, and Jules, have passed through the Bay Area and many more are coming. None of this would be possible without DJs and promoters who have been pushing this latest iteration of African pop music in Northern California for the past couple decades. On this close-up episode, I speak with key figures active in the scene to get a better sense of the African music scene in the Bay and to find out, how did we get here? We, we were really a niche crowd, niche music. That's what right. we were, right? You could only listen to Makosa, Sukusa, Lingala. And this was mainly, <laughs> you'd never see a flyer, but it was a word of mouth. Like, yeah. oh, this is where to find this music. That's DJ Slim. A couple months ago, when I was looking for an African party to attend, I stumbled upon a regular event called Soundgasm in San Jose. It's organized by a DJ named Flygerian Jeff, who we'll hear from later. But when I walked in, the first person I heard was Slim queuing up hit after hit. The name is Martin, but everybody knows my stage name as DJ Slim. Okay. And my, my tagline has always been DJ Slim straight from Africa. DJ Slim grew up in Nairobi and moved to the Bay Area in 2001. He moved in with his sister, who was already living in Oakland. 
His sister's boyfriend at the time was a DJ and had a set of turntables in the house. Slim had never considered DJing before, but his love of music propelled him to give it a shot. I would just practice in the house when my sister's at work during the day. At that time, my love was reggae and dance hall, right? That's the time for everyone falls in love. That era, right? Heads high, that's all you heard the whole time. It wasn't hard to find the reggae scene in the Bay Area. Clubs like New Caribbean City, Oasis, and Air Lounge had regular events. African music, though, was a bit harder to find, especially for someone who was new to town. The first time Slim heard someone playing African music in the Bay Area, it came from an unexpected source. There was another venue in Buckley called Shattuck Downlow. Each and every second Saturday, they would have this international theme. It's hip-hop, it's Caribbean music. But there was this DJ, a white guy, his name is DJ Fuse. DJ Fuse used to be Tupac's DJ. Tupac Shakur and Digital Underground. But DJ Fuse had gone on tour to Paris, mm. France. Mm. And when he was there, he's a curious guy. So he's like, oh, what music is this they're listening to? So he collected Premier Go. So he played it while we were there at the club. So I ran to the DJ booth. I'm like, how does this guy know this music? There's no YouTube. There's nothing, right? And then after uh, Gawo, he put Carolina, and then he put like three more. So Africans, we went crazy. And at that moment, I was like, this is what I want to do, and I want to do it African style. In the early 2000s in the Bay Area, there were few places where you could hear African music exclusively. Places like the Little Baobab in San Francisco's Mission District would dish out Senegalese food by day and Coupe de Calais by night. But in Oakland, the scene was mostly centered around private functions like baby showers and weddings, and that's where a lot of African DJs got their start. DJ Slim started off throwing house parties for the Kenyan community, where he would cycle between dance hall, reggae, and a few CDs of African pop music, which he would get from someone who had recently traveled home. It wasn't the most efficient way to share music, but it worked in bringing together different groups of Africans in the Bay. Nigerians used to hang out with Kenyans a lot here. So one of the gentlemen, it's called Osagi, used to be a promoter. Osagi came at a Kenyan event and heard me play and was like, yo, I'm going to invite you for this Nigerian event. Just come, we'll give you the music. And guess what he gave me? Wait. No one but you. <laughs> P-square. He gave me that CD, says play number one and number four. <laughs> I'll never forget. No one, no one. One was Do Me, Do Me, and the other one was No One But You. After those two songs, you can play everything else you want. So they dance on the rag and everything. So mind you, after every five songs, I'd repeat No One But You, and then just because that's all we had, right? You know, and then I'd go back to the dance, and then we'd go back to these two songs. After that, I kind of became that DJ. So people would give me music. Oh, there's this new one. This guy's called Debanch. Am I going to make me fall in love? It's Timaya. So... Now I'm in this private 
African events whereby Kenyans, Nigerians, we all used to hang out together. We still do. You've seen it in the Bay. We, we don't separate. Eager for bigger and more public spaces, African DJs started pushing promoters to let them play African music in clubs. Slim and another key figure at the time named DJ Burt started one of the first regular events, a monthly night called First Saturdays. There was a time where Burt and Slim, their First Saturdays, what, that was the party, right? If you were young and you were African, you wanted to be at that party. That's Prince, another DJ in the scene who we'll hear from a little later. But first, back to Slim. So that was all African music from the beginning to the end. So we'd do the sukus and everything. Now Africans had a place to go at a mainstream club. The nightlife industry, though, is notoriously fickle, and relying on clubs to stay open, especially clubs that are not centered on African music, could only last for so long. Venues closed, and while the DJs kept finding new ones, it wasn't until the opening of AU Lounge in 2014 that the DJs found a space where they were no longer the novelty, but the main event. It's been a pivotal space for African music in the Bay Area, and especially Oakland, that's still going strong today. When we first started Mundial Freak at AU Lounge, we were getting away with playing all kinds of stuff. You know, we were playing South African house music. I was playing Angolan Kuduro. I was playing uh, a lot of Francophone stuff, you know? Some, of course, Kenyan, right? Because we have a huge Kenyan population out in the Bay. Alongside, like, the faster Afrobeat stuff and a lot of Ghanaian stuff, because Azonto was sort of still riding high a little bit. Meet Wanji. He runs a collective and party series called Afrobeats Oakland, which is a constant presence at places like AU Lounge and its sister venue Zanzi. He was born in Nicaragua and grew up in L.A., but it was the cultural mix of the Bay Area that really had an impact on him. When I ended up coming to the Bay Area, you know, I had friends who were rappers, but also spinning cumbia on the weekends, you know, or maybe selling hip hop CDs outside of a rave you know, or warehouse parties. So like the Bay Area has always had this like weird mishmash of, of cultures just clashing in a very beautiful way. Juan grew up listening to hip hop, house music and reggae. And it wasn't until he went to study abroad in South Africa and Ghana that he really got into African music. This was around the time that Afro House was gaining steam in the South and Azonto was lighting up clubs in West Africa and the diaspora. Juan was excited by the connections he was hearing in especially West African music with the reggae and dance hall he grew up on. It's all really just the same sort of formula. And in that part really was the fascinating aspect, especially of Nigerian music to me. You know, the Jay Martins, the Timayas, P-Square, the Bunch, they all kind of, their biggest hits at those times were like incorporating the, a variation of the Dembo. You know, there was some patois. Yeah, it was super cool to see. And it seemed familiar, you know, and so when I came back to the U.S. as still playing reggae and dancehall clubs, it just felt easy to slip those things in, even though at the time, like, promoters weren't exactly hip and didn't necessarily want that. Everybody, everybody, 
Juan came in at a time when DJs playing African music were finally getting good traction in the club scene. African music had come a long way from CDs being passed from hand to hand. With the help of YouTube and social media, this sound that had been pretty insular was now drawing in all types of people. And the DJs of the Bay Area were not going to miss the opportunity to spread it far and wide. In 2014, I teamed up with AU and, and three other DJs and we formed the Party Mundial Freak. And it really kind of started touching on a lot of like the black creatives in Oakland. It brought in just a lot more diversity. Also, it brought in like the black house music scene. Because at that time, like, Afrobeats was like at the same tempo as like house music. The room had like, you know, some African expats alongside the house dancers, alongside some artists. It, it just felt like, it felt like a safe space. If I'm being honest, this isn't a particularly unique story. It's one that's played out earlier in bigger cities like London, New York, and Atlanta, and is continuing to play out in cities across the diaspora. But Juan does feel like there are certain aspects of the Bay Area that make it a special place for the African music scene to grow. First and foremost that comes to mind is just the size of the Bay Area. You know, it's relatively smaller compared to like LA, to New York. The size of Oakland in particular has always allowed for community to be a part of that conversation. So much so that community is a almost overused word here. You know, when we talk about building, when we talk about creating, working with others, it's emphasized. If African immigrants and transplants to the Bay Area helped lay the foundation for the scene, it's likely Bay Area natives of African descent who will define what happens next. Nigerian Jeff was born and raised in Oakland to Nigerian parents. He's actively working to be a bridge between the different communities of the Bay Area. It's a mission that's very personal to him, having grown up straddling two cultures. It was like I was too African for my African-American counterparts and too American for my African counterparts. So it, it would inspire different feelings in people that would meet me depending on who I was meeting. You see what I'm saying? I didn't feel like I had to choose. I just felt like I had to choose myself and just be myself, whatever that looks like, and not try to identify too hard with either one. Jeff grew up listening to hip-hop music, but during a difficult time in his life around 2015, he realized that the heavy themes of trap music were making him feel worse, and he needed something more uplifting. While Afrobeats wasn't a perfect solution, it had one major thing going for it. Afrobeats is just, it can be just as mindless as trap music, just as go-go party. It had this level of escapism, but you don't leave feeling more angry. Jeff got his start in the scene as a bartender before eventually transitioning to hosting his own events and later DJing. His brand, United Tribes of Africa, regularly puts on events all across the Bay Area in an effort to discourage the separation he noticed in the past. I created the brand United Tribes of Africa because I felt like there was always this kind of like identity dynamic. Oh, I'm Senegalese. Oh, I'm Eritrean. Oh, I'm Ethiopian. Oh, I'm Kenyan. Oh, I'm Nigerian. Oh, I'm, and everybody was just kind of on their separate playing field. So I wanted to kind of create a pan-African setting that involved everyone. And again, it goes back to my background. Again, like I said, I never chose, you know what I mean? I wanted everyone under one roof 
listening to Afrobeat music and not really worrying about what tribe they're from or where they're from. That's why I call it the United Tribes, like, you know, United States of America, but United Tribes of Africa. Mm, there's another personal reason Jeff has in broadening the scene. The first time he went to an African party at a club in the Bay for his 21st birthday, it felt a little too close to home. I saw my dad there and I left. I was like, yeah, I can't be here. Prince, who we briefly heard from earlier, also grew up in the Bay Area to Nigerian parents. He sees the growing popularity of African music in the Bay Area as more than just a fun thing lots of people can experience. He believes that it has the power to heal wounds in the community that he experienced growing up. I grew up here, like, I I moved here in 97, right? If you know anything about relations between Africans and African-Americans back then, it wasn't all kumbaya. The fact of the matter is that through trauma, we've been separated and we've had very different but similar experiences, right? And we are now at this point where through music, I think we're able to come back together and find each other, you know, you know, you know. African music in the Bay Area has come a long way, and it feels like the sky's the limit. While we heard from just a few voices on this episode, as the DJs that I talked to would tell you, the scene is made up of many more people who have played very important roles in advocating for the sound of African music in Northern California, including a lot more DJs, live musicians, dancers, promoters, and so many more. This Afropop close-up was made possible by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. But to keep this series going, we need your support. Visit afropop.org and make a donation. Every dollar counts. For Afropop Worldwide, I'm Jessica Carissa. She's my woman, sweet like sugar. In my new van, come to me, and swim like tuna. When you won't want me, when you won't want me, I'm in San Francisco, Jamie. When you won't want me, when you won't want me, I just flew.